You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. And I'm Bonnie Blaylock. Well, today is the third in a multi-part series on home. And in our first episode, we talked about the big picture worldview of home. We mentioned things like God being the first homemaker, and He created our world and gave us a beautiful garden palace in Eden where He lived and we lived with Him. That's right. But, and because that story of the world began with home, we believe that home is embedded in our psyche. Not only that, but the coolest thing, God made the female body to be an actual home. Our bodies are literally a home for nine months for that little boy or girl that we will eventually bring to another home, the one we have made with dad. So when Paul says that women should be the masters or lords of their homes, we think he's stating obvious observable reality of creation and we should embrace that power, strength and dignity of that role. Amen. Yes, ma'am. And then in our second episode, we talked about home as a place to take off our masks and be ourselves, a place to rest and a place of rest, refuge and safety. So, are you home enough to rest there? Are you home just long enough to fling the backpacks in the corner and grab a snack before heading to the next thing and the next thing and the next? Do your kids and your husband feel like home is their happy place, their refuge? If not, go back and listen to episode two. You have the power to change that by slowing down and keeping the world, insert, <laughs> yeah, phones and computers <laughs> at bay. <laughs> and then today, we're going to talk about home as a place to foster our creativity, a place that we can make beautiful and in some way uniquely ours. Yes, I'm so excited about this episode. To help us with this conversation, we've invited a mother-daughter duo, a couple of my favorite people, our friend Melissa Skidmore and her daughter Daisy Montgomery, who are both excellent at this. So welcome. Melissa, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I have been married to David Skidmore, youth minister for almost 28 years. I have three daughters, ages 22, 23, 21, and 18. Yeah, and I love home. I love creating home. Yeah, Melissa has a beautiful home, and she's my friend who helped me, who was on the struggle bus, have a beautiful <laughs> home. And so she was my first person I thought of when we were talking about this episode. And But the cool thing is... That creativity gene runs in all her daughters, and we have her oldest daughter here, Daisy Montgomery. Uh, welcome. Tell us about yourself. Thank you. I'm Daisy. I'm the oldest of Melissa's daughters, <laughs> oldest of three girls, and I've been married for almost two years now to my amazing husband, Elijah, and we are actually expecting our first child in about three weeks, a little girl named Mary May. Wow. So exciting. Yay. We had to get this episode in. <laughs> can't wait. I know. We can't wait. Book it early. Yes. Yes. So Joshua Becker gave us these statistics in an article on the website, Becoming Minimalist. He says, the average American home has nearly tripled in size over the last 60 years, all while the average American family has decreased in members. And if all this increased space isn't enough, 10% of us rent off-site storage, and 25% of us are unable to park even one car in our garage. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and the concept of home as an ideal for safety and comfort of acceptance and belonging is one that resonates with almost everyone, no matter the size of your house. 
But somewhere along the way, we began chasing a different ideal. Home kind of became a place to upscale, to store an ever-increasing pile of possessions, enter the walk-in closets and all that. And Chase had never realized perfection portrayed in Pottery Barn catalogs and home improvement reality shows. So, yeah. So, that's why I'm so glad that the two of you are here today because you are the queens, I think, of making things beautiful. It doesn't matter how small or big the space, how how tight the budget. Um, You just seem to have a finesse about it. It doesn't matter what the space looks like. So can you tell us? Well, let's start with Melissa. Okay. What do you think of when you think of homemaking? What's your perspective on that? Well, really home is more about a feeling. Um, It's really way less about square footage, what it looks like. I am married to a youth minister, so the budget is not, you know, limitless. Infinite. Infinite. (laughs) So very early on, I had to figure out a way to make the space feel like I wanted it to feel. And I always wanted it to be welcoming. I always wanted to host big groups, even if the space was tight. People don't mind that. Yeah. Well, you've always told me, which I love, that the woman is the person who sets the tone for the house. Yes, for yes. sure. We get to set it's the so tone true. for how people feel when they come in and how your family feels at the house. And did you come to that just intuitively, yeah. Melissa? How did you like? Wh- what made you know that and teach that? She told me that's how I learned. <laughs> <laughs> I told Daisy that. <laughs> well, I'm sure that it was different women along the way because generations past did not have mega houses. That's new. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the homes that I love the most are really modest houses, but there is just something about them when you walk in that you know you're welcome there. It's easy to be there. Um, you don't feel like it's a showplace. Now, I love to look at a showplace, no doubt, and gather ideas, but I, I probably just learned it from older women, honestly. Um, my mom being one of them, she always if there was ever a group coming to the house it was immediately she was trying to figure out what can I do to make this house be more comfortable for everybody Mm -hmm. um it was kind of the joke that you know she would do a mini redecorating before the next group (laughs) showed up Mm -hmm. and I guess I just watched that my whole life and she would you know have the hot glue gun out and be recovering some things and oh the hot glue gun the hot glue gun (laughs) yeah and so I just it's like okay Not that you want to make this space be impressive to people, but people are coming. What can we do to get ready? What can we do? Because it's not the house that's important. It's the people that are important. Right. And it just creates an energy. If you start to pour into your house a little bit, it just, there's an energy to it of, I love this space. I'm going to invest in this space, even if it means I'm going to go down to Kroger and buy a $5 green plant to put in the entrance when mm-hmm. people come over. I'm yeah. going to light a candle when people come in. Well, say I have the warmest feelings of whenever we came home from school and we were having people over that night and you would turn on every lamp in the house, every have a lamp. candle going, and maybe just go outside and put some flowers on the table. But I remember that was our job, turn on every lamp. So just little things like that. Yeah. You taught me that, Melissa. <laughs> Indirect lighting. <laughs> I Tip number about one. Yeah, number make one. All the difference. Have plenty of lamps. <laughs> Even if they're not necessary, they just create this 
nice glow. glow. They really do. It's like the old hearth, the old fireplace that right. people used to gather around in the evening when there was no electricity. Right. It kind of harkens back to that. You yeah. Know? Even in the daytime, every light and every lamp in the entire house comes on when people come over. It also kind of lets you know you're welcome in this space. Right. Okay, there's light here where if you walk up and the room is dark, are we supposed to go in there? Uh, it's like, yeah, the, all the lights are on. Come That's, on in. It does say that. Yeah. What's the what's the hotel? Was it Motel Six? We'll leave the light we'll on leave for the you. Light on for you. Yeah. Maybe that's where I learned. They knew that. what they were talking Motel about. Motel Six. <laughs> <laughs> so what about about you, Daisy? Did did you just adopt that same philosophy from watching your mom, or do you think you've added your own? Um, I would say I definitely adopted the philosophy from my mom. <laughs> just growing up, walking around, and watching her um, go to yard sales, and when people came over, what what do we do when people came over? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would definitely say that my, I think people joke when they come into my house, they can tell that I'm her daughter. <laughs> we have a similar style and color palette. Um, but Which is oddly no color. <laughs> neutral. We love neutral the uh, most. Yeah. Collected. Mm-hmm. Collected. I think that's the thing about homes now. Do not feel like you've got to mimic exactly what you see in, on Instagram. Let it be your space. Use the hand-me-down pieces that you have. I think probably that is what forced me to kind of create um, my own, you know, look in the house or whatever. I couldn't buy anything new. I just had to use what was ever what was given to me. Mm. So I had my grandmother's furniture, anything my mom was getting rid of. Um, literally, I shopped my um, in-laws attic every time I would go to their house and just say, hey, would you mind if I took this lamp uh, or this side table? I really just didn't have the option to go and buy new. And so, but I have found over the years that some of those things that I got from the attics, I really love them so much because now I know where they came from. And creating layers in your space like that just makes it warmer Mm-hmm. Rather than everything brand new. Like, yeah, the matchy-matchy rooms to go. Right. You know, I've never had was and love seat and chairs right. and right. table that I've all go together. I've never yeah. had anything match in my house yeah. in my life I because I could never cool. buy all of it at once. Mm-hmm. Not an option. I really love that there's story to some of that. I think you have a sign in your house, don't you? Home is where your story begins. I do. Yeah. So that kind of ties into this conversation because, um, You see that with the items that you have in there, Um, you know, your grandmother's chair or your grandfather's whatever, settee or something. And you can tell your children, this came from grandma. And then that sort of starts a conversation about grandma and how she lived her life or, you know, how things were different then. Right. So, it just layers on the story of your family on top of the items that you choose. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. But, okay, let's unwrap the mystery here because... You know, I, I I think it's beautiful to have the pieces from family members. I, you know, you've decorated for me and helped my house become beautiful. And you know, I hate nicky necky things. <laughs> right. The only thing I can stand is if it's sentimental. Yeah, if it's a, if it's sentimental, I can like set it out. And then you did convince me to get the like three twigs, things from Hobby Lobby. The yeah. twigs with the ribbon wrapped around. Yeah, that Houston brought that me. Houston brought mm-hmm. you. Yes. 
Instead of flowers, he brought me a stick bouquet. I was like, oh, I'm saving that forever. Yeah. You you probably should update the ribbon for me, Melissa. It's from 2002. Yeah, it's from 2002. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, new ribbon. (laughs) But, um, okay, so for those of us, you you just have, you have an elementary ed degree? I do. So you're just naturally bent to do this intuitively because I've watched you do it. I guess so. I, you, I feel for certain I've learned from my mom. So yeah, but listen, I have I I haven't learned from you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, maybe I'm girl. trying to keep my job. I don't want to give away all my secrets. <laughs> I was thinking back when you first helped me. We we I cooked for you in exchange for some of your time. Absolutely. As young moms, were, who both had very had to be very careful with our budgets, right. we figured it out, out like I love to cook. You love to decorate. I oh, it just was beautiful. Remembered that. Yes. Catered meals showing up. <laughs> Holy cow. Yes, I will decorate for you all day. <laughs> Cooking with three young children was not my gift. Yeah. And so I'm throwing that out there for everyone else listening. Like leverage your friends' gifts. You yes. have a friend with 57 Pinterest boards, 200 Pinterest boards. I, Pinterest, I can do 10 minutes and I start to <laughs> my skin crawls. Right. I'm really not a Pinterest fan. I will get on there when I need to, but I think it breeds discontent. Mm, but it's helpful to when you're building a room. It is. Like you, you're building a room for me now and right. you're, you're like, hey, look at these. Here's a board. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> or you had me do it. You had me pin things I liked. And you said, Renee, you're picking this granite every single time. Right. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yes. So uh, part of unwrapping the mystery is find a friend who can help you if you're like me. Yes. And and figure it out. Get creative and mm-hmm. and, and barter and swap. Yeah. Some people are colorblind. Renee is decor blind. But it's okay. We love you anyway. <laughs> I have other good qualities. <laughs> yes. You do. Many. Many good qualities. So many good qualities. <laughs> so, Daisy, what are you loving as a new wife and an expecting mom? What are you loving in this season of your life? Well, pretty much all of it. <laughs> um, watching my mom do basically the same thing that I'm doing has just been like fun to be able to finally do it myself. <laughs> but whenever we got engaged, Elijah had um, bought a house that we fixed up prior to us getting married. And then we moved in once we got married. And it was just so fun to work on that house together. Um, yeah, so tell tell us about that. Like just because a lot of people like you have a blog, right? Or yes. or a page that describes your journey yes. in that house. Mainly on Instagram, it's Fernway Home. And that was just more of a creative outlet just to be able to share what we were doing. My mom growing up had well, me growing up, my mom had a blog, um, daisymaybell.com. Yes, I did. <laughs> which is funny that I did the same thing, but I realized it's just fun to have a creative outlet to just put energy into the house is um, a 1922 farmhouse in the middle of the city. So it was super fun to fix up. Now I'm working on the nursery and the house is pretty much settled and we just built a chicken coop last year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that One was thing fun. that Daisy is so good at because the house is small. So you have to think about each space and say, how do I want to make this work rather than, okay, how do I need to make this look like a magazine instead? Okay, how am I going to make this room work for Mary Mae? And so she has done just a beautiful job of finding little tiny corners and putting bookcases Mm -hmm. and hiding baskets under pieces of furniture and 
just unique ways of storing some things, but just to make sure it all functions great. Um, they did buy a beautiful chair for the nursery. And I think that was probably your biggest investment in there. Yeah, mom did teach me whenever you're putting a house together, know the things to splurge on. So typically we splurge on uh, upholstered pieces. Um, Go ahead and buy something that's going to last. You can buy a cheap side table for $10 at a yard sale. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can buy mirrors at a yard sale. You can buy artwork at thrift shops, but it's going to be hard to find a couch. <laughs> that's not nasty. Yes, and, yeah, right. or a nice yeah. chair. Mm-hmm. So we did splurge on... Um, our couch and our chair. I think that might be the only two new pieces of furniture. I'm pretty sure that's house. it. But people all the time talk about how much they love our couch and that chair just because I don't know. It's it's the things we use the most. Mm-hmm. So right. So you know, there's a book. Uh, I think a series of them maybe called the Not So Big House. You familiar with oh, that? I'm familiar with that. And yes. it's kind of like that same concept where. Um, you look at your house the way you use it, yes, not the way it's built. So if you don't want a formal dining room, don't put the formal dining room stuff in there. Make it be your studio or of my formal dining room office. is now a sitting room because yeah. we have a giant kitchen table, and I don't like when people come over. This is another thing. People would rather squeeze around one giant table to be together. Then to everybody have up. a space that this table will seat four and this table will seat six or whatever. Go ahead. Line those tables up. In fact, we'll build a mega table sometimes in our um, great room that'll seat like 24 where I could have people in the bonus room, people in the sitting room, people at the kitchen table. But it's just not as much fun. Mm. People want to be together. And let me just say, those of you who have not been in her kitchen den area, it's not a ginormous space. No. You're, you're fitting you're fitting 24 people. Right. Nice and cozy, and people love it. Exactly. Oh, it is tight. Like, you cannot get up to get anything to drink. Hey, can somebody fix me some <laughs> water when they're Who's up? at the end? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Whoever's at the end, those are the people doing it. And I... Build it with plastic tables, and then I put a hundred tablecloths on it to hide all of the mm-hmm. seams. They don't make tablecloths that big, so I literally have two bedspreads and just white bedspreads and like three other tablecloths, and I just piece it all together. And no one is looking at the ridiculous tablecloth; they're just so glad they're all around the table mm-hmm. together. Exactly. So it's all about how it feels. Rather than how beautiful it looks. Well, and in our 1,200 square foot house, there really is no place to add another table on. So at our house, there's this side yard. So whenever we moved in, we it was completely overgrown. So we cleared it out. And then Elijah added uh, twinkle lights above. Mm. So it's connecting from our house to like the fence line. And then we actually found a free table on the side of the road. And we painted it green. So it's super cute now. And so now whenever people come over, since we can't fit them in our house, when the weather's nice, we can pull the plastic tables and we can fit like 50 people in our side yard. So anyone can do it outside. You kind of have to get over the fact that my house is not big enough. My house is not big enough. And I have had parties of, honestly, we've had 150 people at our house. Mm -hmm. They're in our backyard. They're packed in like sardines. 
They spill over. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Which I love that because your cup overflows, right? Right. And that's that whole image of, and it does, it's community and friendship and fellowship. And um, they're not there to look at your linens. They're not checking out the no. dust, you know, you in your junk drawer. You can't even see anything. The beautiful but, thing is you never have to mop your floor when you're having that many people over because everyone just assumes somebody else chucked at it. <laughs> So many people, you can't even look at the floor. My most dreaded job, mopping floors. So I know, me too. So that's a great point when you're talking about welcoming people into your home. So you said you you had your girls turn on the lamps, you light a candle. You were not scrubbing floor to ceiling, I'm sure. No. So what we, I think a lot of people hesitate. They go, I can't, nobody can see my dirt. Nobody, I'm afraid for them to see my closet. Right. Can you put I think that? A little at dust ease? is good for you. It just kind of lets you realize, hey, they're people too. Um, we have things clean, and we have things tidy. But no, if I felt like I had to scrub floor to ceiling every time somebody came over, I'd never have people over. There's these. I can't. I don't know the account, but there's these hilarious Instagram. Uh, spoofs of the mom. Have you seen him, Daisy? Mm-mm. It's a guy who's pretending to be the mom when people come over and he's like in this <laughs> rampage to the house. No one can look like we live here. Push the chairs in. Everybody hide the monkey. It's like this scurrying. And so people, the family's like afraid, you know, right. anytime there's going to be company. Oh no, mom's going to go. That's the mom, you set the tone. So that's right. That's right. You yeah. can be and excited that people are coming over. <laughs> right. And I'm sure there were times that I'm like, somebody's got to Pick this stuff up before people came over. Oh, yeah. I feel sure of that. <laughs> but if every time it was this, like, you know, drill sergeant, right. yeah, everybody get it all into everybody shape. Everybody miserable. Um, and obviously, as my girls have gotten older, it's so much easier to to clean, to keep things clean. Right. Because most of the time, you're talking about doing this with three little children. Yeah. You didn't wait until they were all grown and gone to host 100 people in your house. No. You were doing this while you had a room full of toys yes. next door and, and while I, you had playpens out and while you had yeah, right. all, this, all the kids stuff. You're giving her PTSD. Stop. <laughs> Stop saying that. Ooh. I'm watching her face. <laughs> no, I'm just saying people, like, you think there's too much on your plate as a young mom. Right. Really. And there is. Well, of course, there always is. But that doesn't mean life needs to just stop. That was the fun for me. It was having people over. It's also great motivation to put your house together. It is. Yeah, you always finish a little project right you before somebody comes. Mm-hmm. Always tie up loose ends right before people come over. And the nature of David's job was we had teens over a lot. Teens don't see <laughs> anything. And so I guess I just kind of let that spill over into adults also. Okay. These are other young moms they know houses look like this, and it's okay. It's where we are. Right. Um, I did quickly learn as the girls got older, they really wanted to have people over probably more than what I wanted to have people over. So we got the backyard in better shape, and we started having what we called s'mores at the Skidmores, and that's the easiest thing. People, you just kind of have to have your kitchen halfway in shape. So if people need to come inside and get something to drink. And then you just buy marshmallows, graham crackers. And send everybody out. And send everybody outside. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we could do that so last minute. Like we would decide at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, hey, do you want to have a s'mores tonight? Sure. All right, let's invite people. 
Okay, and so easy. Describe your backyard because again, it was really pretty basic when y'all bought that house all those years ago. Oh, it was yeah, and very flat, very plain. Yeah, and through the years, we've added a fire pit, Adirondack chairs. I've bought random tables and chairs. I can probably seat thirty people in my backyard. And you have a adorable little garden shed. Yes, my dad built that. See, it mm-hmm. helps to have a handy dad. I have a little fire oh, pit thing that my dad did too. I love that. Right. So the backyard is a great place. And people these days, they love to be outside. And you can hang those lights in mm-hmm. the backyard so easily. And it changes the whole it vibe. It totally changes. Well, and when I put lights in our backyard, it was before those lights, the you know official outdoor lights were really a thing. I had... The big bulb Christmas lights. Oh, yeah. And they lasted for probably 15 years. Holy cow. Yes. And I bought them at 75% off on a clearance sale one time. And then it just kind of hit me. We don't have any light back here. Huh. I bet those Christmas lights would work. And we have extension cords. It's not professional. There are like four extension cords (laughs) to get it to the tree Zip tied into the limbs of the tree. <laughs> this is not professional. Right, right. But it works. I love that. Yeah, but you know, you don't see that. No. You, you, don't. See, you don't. You see the lights. Right. Especially, Especially those of dark. us who like to cook and not decorate. I don't see none of the imperfections. <laughs> right. You know, if, right. if I did it, I would see it. Sure. You know, but I don't see it. I just see cool lights in your backyard. Yeah. When Christmas we were, lights for forever. When we were talking about this yesterday. The best addition to the backyard was definitely the fort. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, when we were little, talking about how mom was more focused on how the house felt than how it looked, we had this giant overgrown shrub in the backyard. I mean, huge. It, we thought it was a tree, but it was a shrub. It was a privet that, you <laughs> so know, we, got out of hand. We named it the fort, and mom one day had the idea to hang shower curtains okay. in, the fort. in my defense. I really encouraged outdoor play. Really encouraged it. So the back corner of our yard was visible from the road. <laughs> That's where they set up what they called the fort. We loved they it. They dragged pallets back there, buckets, painted Any, the tree. If someone said painted the tree, we they painted, painted polka dots on the tree. Polka dots <laughs> on the tree. It was the best thing ever. It was ridiculous. If anybody was getting rid of anything on the side of the road <laughs> in our neighborhood, it got drugged to the fort. There were always mud pies back there, bakery set up. It was ridiculous. So, in my defense, the brown shower curtains that I hung from ropes, I mean, from the tree, was to cover it up. (laughs) But we just thought it was like our our new little playhouse. It's a fantasy world back there. It was the best thing ever. I used it up until middle school. (laughs) I would go study out there. she did. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that the best that yeah. is so You can get shower coolest. curtains at Big Lots for like $8. And your kids will remember it when they're 23 and look mm-hmm. back at it with fond memories. I love that. So that much. was an unexpected decorating tip to go yes. use a privet <laughs> oh my and goodness. paint polka dots on it. I love that so much. <laughs> Gotta and cut the inside out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. great. That's amazing. You also had a, uh, I remember this because when my kids were little, they would come and they thought it was so cool. Uh, the space under your stairs, which at my house <laughs> is a closet full of, you know, that's our vacuum cleaner and our extra paint cans and all that stuff. It's right. totally useless. 
at your house. It was the playhouse. It was this cool little secret door into the wonderland of, yeah, just the perfect amazing. little height for the little kids to well, go in there and play. I just thought that was. And that was because my children would not play upstairs in their rooms. They wanted to be downstairs where everybody was. And I got sick of like all the plastic toys everywhere. So I cleaned out that closet. I put the little kitchen in there. We put the dress up in there. A whiteboard for us to play school. Yes. The whiteboard was the best. You (laughs) could not even stand up in this closet for most of the way back. You had to get on your Even at age five, you had to crawl back there to play. (laughs) But it was fun. But it's the cubby hole feeling that little kids love. You're under the stairs. Yes. Right. Yes. Not not the Harry Potter under the stairs. Cruel. (laughs) No, no. It was very... Pleasant and joyful. We had popcorn ceiling in there, and they scraped the popcorn ceiling off and cooked with it in the play kitchen. Yes, I was like, "Great flour, sugar, doing." (laughs) Go at it with the little ruler. I'm sure we inhaled a lot of that. Sure, y'all did. Great. I mean, you look in there now, and there's no popcorn left on the parts they could. You're welcome. You're child labor. They cooked with all of it. It was, I just, I guess on some level, I just didn't care if they were in there being quiet. (laughs) And that brings us to a point we have in our notes, which is creating the balance of a beautiful home and not being enslaved to it. Your house is not a museum. Your house is a place where kids can be kids. Yes. They have to have their spaces. It's their place. And that is one thing I always wanted our house to be their safe place, just a place that you could come home and know you could just breathe. And we had rules for sure, but I just wanted it to be their favorite place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also about what you keep out in your house. So I think you made his homebodies to a fault. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All of my favorite things are at home. I mean, we had... Paint, ribbon, paper. Um, if we ever wanted to do a craft, well, we would just go to the closet and we had everything there. When you go to the Blaylock's house, there are books literally surrounding you. You just want to read. So it's really about what you have out in your house, too, that makes a big difference. So how have you done that? Describe your nursery then. How have you mirrored that? So what you in saw? her nursery, I wanted it to be... Um, I wanted her to want to read. <laughs> okay. So I put, Elijah actually built little bookshelves along her wardrobe. So I have all of her books out. I also have little baskets with books so she can reach them when she's little. I put a little table in there, like a little baby table with a little mat underneath. And as that a, was my table when I was little. I was just about to ask. Hand me down table. Mm-hmm. So I, I can already see her using it as like a little fort, but more than just a beautiful nursery, it's a little, I wouldn't say cluttery, but it has a lot of, has a lot of stuffed animals and a lot of baskets with books and things. So I wanted it to be more about, I wanted to inspire like play, just mm-hmm. be whimsical. It's kind of more of the goal with her room. Yeah. yeah. There's really no theme. It's just whimsical, mm-hmm. really cute little stuffed animals and little doll houses and Tons of books. Yeah, really sweet. Okay, so 
Um, I know you did not go to a store and buy all those things brand new. So can y'all just give like a rundown of your favorite places or ways to find besides the side of the road, which has come up like six times. <laughs> hey, don't be afraid of the side of the road. <laughs> Treasures. Oh, no, I will often pull over to pick that up. <laughs> yeah. So otherwise, where do you go? And, and Daisy, you in particular have a, you do this on your blog, um, mm-hmm. pointing out how you're finding things. So, yeah, well, Yard sales on the weekend. Yard sale season's coming up, everybody. <laughs> it's an exciting time. <laughs> Literally just get in your car on Fridays and Saturday mornings and look for signs. We love Goodwill. Goodwill's anywhere. There's not really a better Goodwill. <laughs> when we travel, we like to stop. Oh, yes. Goodwill's in the cities where we're traveling. For sure. You have to be consistent. People want to go to Goodwill and decorate their house. You're not going to do that. You're going to have to go every day. Like, literally, I know the workers at Goodwill. And you go every day. And you swing through. It takes 10 minutes to swing through. See what they've got. Because if you're there as much as we are, you know what they have. You know the new stuff coming out. Our latest discovery is the bins. Goodwill in Nashville has it's an not outlet for the store. Of heart. Let me tell you, this is not for the faint of heart. Oh, no. Bring gloves. Bring your own bag. We sound gross, but... We sound... <laughs> don't ever buy upholstered things from these places. Ever. Never buy upholstered Only things from goods. these places or things that you can... Or clothes. Wash. You can wash and bleach. Yes. Exactly. Right. Wash and dry. But Daisy got two precious little wooden baby chairs mm-hmm. from the bins. So these are these are bins of things people have donated to Goodwill, and they you roll dig them out, through. and you dig through, and you pay by the pound. Correct. So clothes are super cheap. You maybe a fifty cents. Yeah, you showed me a whole grocery sack of clothes. Baby yes. clothes are about a dime a piece. Yeah, because they weigh nothing. Yeah, it, it's really outrageous what people get rid of, and it's just because we live in a society that you have too much stuff, right. and finally you're like, forget it. Mm-hmm. I'm taking it to Goodwill, mm-hmm. and we have gotten, I mean, some really nice things hunter boots um i've gotten antique frames that are fantastic but when you go to goodwill and leave empty-handed it's not that you failed we go to goodwill all the time and leave empty-handed but it's just that one time that you leave with a treasure that keeps you going back yes so and that's a really that's a really great point because when you were helping me decorate um for the house that we're living in now Round two, we were also on a budget. I mean, a little bit more, but it was pretty. It was still a budget. It was a budget. And <laughs> yeah. we we were not buying new stuff. Right. We were still raising kids. We had college looming in the you know future. Mm-hmm. And so you told me things to look for. And I literally, at that time, it was Craigslist, not Facebook Marketplace. I got on Craigslist every morning and every evening for four months. Right. And then one day. I found the sofa right. from the custom furniture store in Nashville that was perfect the day before we were leaving for Mexico on a mission trip. Perfect timing. <laughs> With right. Mary Mae's crib skirt, I wanted something super high-end, and though they run about $200 for a high-end crib skirt. So I went on Facebook Marketplace, I Googled it, or I searched it, and sure enough, right down the road, someone had just had a custom bed skirt made, they were selling it, and so I got it for... 
I don't know, $45. At a and super nice house in Nashville. Super swanky neighborhood. Super <laughs> wow. swanky neighborhood. We drove but, up and it's like, yes. As a newly married couple with a smaller budget on the house, my, one of my favorite things to do is to resell whenever I find something better. So go to Goodwill, get the side table that just works. And then whenever you go to Goodwill again and you find a gorgeous side table or you want to splurge, find one on sale at a store that you love, then you sell that side table for a lot more than you paid for it. And it pays for your part of the new. purchase. Yes. Yeah, so I do that all the time to the point my husband makes fun of me. But yeah, I'm literally constantly selling to upgrade, but I always pay for the new thing. So mm-hmm. it's a good That's tip. just such good stewardship. You know, it's really good stewardship. It's um, I'm thinking of Proverbs 31 and like the the businesswoman that's described there. Um, my dad always talked about my mom being like such a great financial partner that they were really pulling in the same direction. Like it it is funny and you know, but it's also like really beautiful mm-hmm. what you're doing. Facebook marketplace makes it really easy to do that. So I'm curious. Speaking of husbands, what do your husbands think of your Daily trips to Goodwill and the rearranging of the home <laughs> and the constant, oh, I think we need to redo this and change this around. What, what do they say? Well, so they make them guess <laughs> when they say, come home. So there was a game at our house. My children love this game. Yeah, that's sarcastic. But I would <laughs> have them come home from school and say, what is new today? And they would go around and begrudgingly amuse me and tell me what they thought might be new. Annabelle Skidmore never gets it right, ever. <laughs> <clears throat> but Daisy would, and Lila Mae does. Um, but I'm always changing things around. Okay, and another thing, don't be afraid to hang a nail in your drywall. You and taught me that. Yeah. Just you don't tell it, your husband. Just don't tell your husband. <laughs> Cover it up. You can, you can hang pictures. People are so afraid to hang pictures. Hang pictures. And then when you... Find a picture that you love, scoop that one over and put it beside it. Mm. It's okay. I promise you, I probably have, this is not a joke, 130 holes in one wall in my house from where I've hung and rehung and hung and rehung, and no one can see any of them because you just put another picture over it. (laughs) It's okay. And the wall doesn't fall down. It's okay. It doesn't. It's okay. Use little tiny nails. You don't have to use those giant nails. Well, even whenever Elijah comes home, sometimes I'll go around, turn all the lamps on, put a candle on, just so he can come home to peace. Mm -hmm. I still do that for David. So, Do they notice that? I, I think they, while he doesn't, you know, mention it, sometimes I will ask, like, do you know? Do you notice I clean the kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> I have to have the applause. Yes, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, but it really does create a sense of what you want home to be. If they can, and now every day it didn't happen like that. But there were definitely days. Okay, I know David's going to be home today at five o'clock. Let's just run through. Let's turn the lamps on. Let's at least get a path, you know, that he can walk in that isn't filled with pillows from the sofa and whatever. And let's just give him a little nice welcome. And then it's back game on, you know, then it's back to the real world. But there is something nice about when people come into your home that it just feels like, hey, we're so glad you're here. Mm -hmm. And not like, 
Oh, wait, dad came home. I didn't even know dad came home. Oh, wait, you came here. I didn't even know you were here. Stop for three minutes and say, hey, we're so glad you're here. And then go back. Resume. 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 Exactly. So I know Elijah is so handy with, I mean, he builds like David Skidmore. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, David Skidmore. (laughs) He builds the bookshelves and he builds the planners and he builds the chicken coop and he builds the fences and whatever else it is that you decide, this is what we're going to do today. He's on it. The wardrobes in your house. I mean, he's just, that's got to be, that's a plus that a lot of families don't have, but you guys have harnessed it and made it like your mission i guess together your business mission and we enjoy it like on the weekends whenever we do a house project it's just a lot of fun mm-hmm. and it's both. time together mm-hmm. even yeah. just driving to home depot 20 times a day <laughs> it's fun <laughs> and yeah. i did not have that but i did have the encouragement of david skidmore going to yard sales with me um and and just he really has done such a great job of letting me create home Mm -hmm. he's given me freedom there Mm -hmm. and so i've just always felt like i could really you know do what i wanted to do there within reason and he's always loved it he gave me two rules when we got married no flowers on fabric and no pink That's fair. And then you had three girls. Right. So, so the, there you go. The pink rule bended a little bit. The pink never came into our, you know, the family spaces. Yeah. Um, and so those were two very easy rules because I wanted him to feel at home too. Right. And I think that's something a lot of women, wives can overlook that it's our space. Right. And sometimes we can get all caught up in, well, this is how, I mean, this it's our realm, right? And most of the time, in general, we're the ones that care, and they don't even notice. Right. Um, but we can get caught up in the, well, this doesn't look right, so this is the couch we're going to have, and I don't really care if it's comfortable for you to sit on, right. but it's going to, you know, so you have to take into account everyone who's living in that space. Mm-hmm. Right. Which you know? is why you have to have a brown giant recliner, even though that's not what you want recliners what is it the mystery <sighs> of men and recliners no we don't okay. have room for one so i don't uh, know yet <laughs> oh do not like that was the dream purchase that was one of the only brand new things yes. in the house oh yeah we invested a lot of money in the brown leather recliner and he loves it now elijah loves duck hunting so my nod to him in our home is we have ducks <laughs> everywhere <laughs> so they make really beautiful brass ducks Brass vintage ducks. So I have them scattered throughout our house. So it makes him feel at home, but also I think they're beautiful. We also do have two <laughs> actual ducks in our home now. <laughs> which I never, never I love this so would much. have wanted that in my house. But you know what? It makes him so happy. And I actually really do like them. Yeah. We, ha- we have really, really high ceilings. So we have them above a doorway. And he... Loves them. And I think Mary May is going to love that she has ducks, ducks yeah. in her house. Listen, we had taxidermy, uh, like swordfish on the wall. <laughs> wow. wow. Our, yeah, this ginormous fin, you know, like, I just thought that was normal. Like, it was just the most normal <laughs> thing in the world. Bless and, wives of deer hunters. Oh, bless them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can hang, like, um, maybe ornaments off of their antlers at Christmas. You know, you can make it whimsical. Make it whimsical. Right. That's funny. Or put it in an office. But I really do love the ducks now. 
You do. So uh, we have one taxidermied fish from my grandparents' house. Nice. And I really want to put it in the pool house. Melissa, you're going to have to help me with this one because. Hey, bring it. David cannot stand it. And I'm just like, but it's such a happy fish. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very appropriate for a pool house. That's kind of what I'm thinking, David. Right. Right. See, Melissa agrees. (laughs) Yes. going to be perfect <laughs> no pressure putting this on the air in public now you have to agree <laughs> that's the way it is oh my goodness so i wanted to talk a little bit about your you, you both have a way of making your homes feel welcoming and warm which homey i love that that's mm-hmm. an actual adjective mm-hmm. and but you don't only do that for your own space but you have both dedicated areas in your homes to make beautiful things for others because you have home businesses you don't just keep your creativity to yourselves under your own roof and I think that's really cool. And Daisy, you talked about it a little bit because your mom early on when you were growing up kind of had a little studio space for the girls to do scrapbooking or painting or crafts or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that space was our kitchen table, which meant often we were just having to rake everything to the side before we sat down to eat. Mm-hmm. You have to get okay with messes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, yes, you do. So do you think that inspired your business now? Oh, definitely. We were talking yesterday about this. And when I was in elementary school, we started making friendship bracelets because we had a thread. So one summer we would make bracelets and then (laughs) tape them to a board, take the board out in the front yard and sell them. So that was, I think, our first (laughs) entrepreneurial endeavor as sisters. And then in middle school, this is, I guess, less in the house, but I wanted to start, we loved going to thrift stores and I wanted to start reselling clothes. So my mom said, we'll pay for Me and dad will pay for, you know, I don't know, $50 worth of clothes. And then it would be on us to start the business and start selling them. Mm-hmm. And we also talked about this. They made us buy our own cars at 16. So that was a lot of um, encouragement. That's a lot to, of friendship bracelets right a there. A lot of friendship bracelets. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> hey, you get creative when you realize, wait, this is the only way you're not buying us a car? So no? I think the combination of having the supplies out in your home, also watching my mom, she would make aprons and sell them in coffee shops and paint paintings and sell them to people. So watching that them making a safe or something huge. It was a really good combination to start your own business. Hmm. Yeah. So you have a dedicated space now. Yes. Even in your little 1,200 square foot house. Yes. What do you do in that space? So it was nice whenever we bought the house. It was advertised as a third bedroom. I'm <laughs> laughs. <Yeah>. laughs. <laughs> Not a third bedroom. But it was the perfect little room for a desk. So at that desk, I draw maps of small towns and universities. And I sell them on my website, daisysuedesign.com. So I do watercolor maps of towns and universities and put them on tea towels, prints, note cards. And that's what I do full time now. Wow. And then you also do occasionally a custom home print yes. of people's actually homes. Mm-hmm. I love that. How many do you have now? Um, about 40 maps. So maps. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And we'll link to that. They can. There's a site where they can go look and mm-hmm. see if their town's there. Or maybe they could request mm-hmm. a call someone who... Because we, we we're not internationally known... But we're known to rock the microphone. That's right. <laughs> and we have a lot of, we have like 49 states people are listening. Uh-huh. So. Oh, yay. That's awesome. So get some new states on your on your maps. There <laughs> yeah. Too. That's very fun. So, And Melissa, you, I think you, did you originally use the uh, little shed in your backyard? 
as your studio space or what how did you the shed in the backyard started as a playhouse for the girls then as they got older turned to my garden shed, which is actually an overflow of every thrift store and yard sale item that I buy that I have too many of, but I just can't part with because I know it's going to come in handy for something. So that's the backyard. I do make reeds uh, and I sell those on Etsy and I do that at my in my kitchen. We always do everything in the kitchen, mm. it seems like. I want to be where the people are. I don't want to be off by myself somewhere. So I've always just stood there at the kitchen countertop and created right there. Right. So that just came out of uh, the wreaths that you make. How many yeah. of those would you say you've made by now? Oh, five, six thousand. Thousand? Thousand. On Etsy. If you go on Etsy, it'll tell you. Yeah. I where, think what's I the have... name of your Etsy shop? Daisy Maybell. Daisy Maybell. M-A-E. M-A-E-B-E-L-L-E. Great. Okay. Well, yeah, you can link to that. What? So, you made these for a while and then caught somebody's eye. And what happened? Right. So, I got an email one day from a publisher um, asking if I would be interested in writing a book. It felt like it was real. I told David. <laughs> not a scam. he said, if they ask for money, this is not real. So, started talking back and forth with this girl. They were out of New York, Sky Horse Publishing. And I looked it up, and they were real. And so, anyway, I told her I didn't know how to write a book. And she said, what if I walked you through? And I thought, well, okay, I guess I'll give this a go. And then they sent me a check. And then I thought, wait, I think this is real. (laughs) And then my heart sank because I thought, Oh no! <laughs> I have to write a book. We have to do this. We need to do this. And so, yeah, I just started making reads and taking all the pictures. And so it's sold a- at Tractor Supply, which is hilarious to us. So whenever we go, we always I grab love- it and put it like in front of the chicken book. <laughs> Well, of course. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, that was just a fun side So, it's yeah, like, it, it's about 40 different kinds of wreaths, right? That you can right. do yourself and step by step. Here's step how you make them yourself. Yeah. And published in 2019. I still see it at Barnes & Noble. So, I think that's totally yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I still get a check every six months. So it's crazy. In the copy that I bought, you signed it for me. And you said, the thing that you signed said, you were created to create. Yes. Tell me a little bit about why you think that. Someone taught me this along the way, because sometimes when you're a creative soul, you're like, I don't really know if this is adding value to the world so much. And then someone said, you realize that the first words in the Bible are, in the beginning, God created. And if we're made in the image of God, you were made to create. Mm -hmm. You just were. So, and how how people create is all going to be different, but everybody has something creative to offer. And it may not be with paint or hot glue. It could be with words or it could be with teaching. But food. We were, food. We were all made it, we were all made in the image of God and we're all made to create. And so when I heard that, it really changed everything for me and kind of almost gave me permission to be creative and to say, no, that's good. And not why do you always have to change everything? That's ridiculous. <laughs> right. And so that's worth mentioning because I think a lot of times uh, women who ha- who choose to stay at home feel condescended to 
Like, for sure. oh, pat, pat, pat. Isn't that cute? You changed the throw pillows. Right. right? But it's more than just the throw pillows right. is what I'm hearing you say. Oh, for sure. It's this impulse that comes from something in our souls to make things beautiful. Right. And I always wanted that for my family. I wanted that for David. I wanted that for the girls. I wanted to be just available. I wanted when they came home for them to say, this is where I want to be. That was just so important to me. And so I was willing to not work outside the home to to make that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's okay that people do work outside the home. Don't hear me say that at all. For me, I couldn't juggle at all. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do home the way I wanted to do it. And I knew I had a very limited time because you blink and your kids are grown. That's right. And they're having children. And what are the memories that they have? They're mostly, as you're saying, I'm hearing you say, Daisy, most of your favorite memories happened at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fort, the crafts, mm-hmm. the, the lamps, when people come over, having everyone in your home, all of that. Mm-hmm is what shaped you and what made you who you are and what you're passing on to your daughter. Definitely. So, yeah, what more important? It's like Southwest Airlines. You know, we know you have options, but thanks for flying. <laughs> you you want, your kids are going to have options to go right. elsewhere. Right. You Another want them to be there. your really shaped this was, and I told the girls this, we, there was a teen in Knoxville and he was a just super fun guy. And one weekend, all of the teens were going to be going somewhere. And he said, oh, he couldn't go. His family had plans. And I I asked him specifically, I was like, seriously, your family has plans and you would rather do that than to go and do this event with the teens for the weekend? And he said, oh, absolutely. You don't know how much fun my family is. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, that's the goal. <laughs> That's the goal. Not that I don't want my children to have friends. Absolutely, I want them to have friends. And I want them, I don't want it to just be, you know, us and mom and dad. But it was just profound to me that someone would choose brothers and sisters over their peer group. Mm-hmm. So I started brainwashing my girls early on. <laughs> and I told them every day. Hey, best friends are, or sisters are best friends for life. And I just, in every way that I could, I always told them they were best friends. Whenever we were putting our um, birthday party invitation list together, sisters were the first on the list. Yeah. Don't was like your best friends come first to your party. We'd put those names on there. <laughs> okay, mom. <laughs> She's five. <laughs> we're ten. <laughs> Yeah, but she's your best friend for life. So she'll have to be there. I love that. I so love that. So, okay, speaking of the other two yes. who are not here with us today, they too have a creative outlet. It's not, uh, it maybe doesn't have to do so much with home. It's my realm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, what are they doing? So they have created a business at making granola. Which honestly, so I'm not a food person. I mean, I love to eat food, but that's not my, this is not my expertise at all. And so they came to me with this idea and I thought, oh, that'll be a fun little summer, whatever. <laughs> you know, it it may take a while to find your people or whatever. Okay, it took off and it was, it's just been going great. But they take foods that they love and they turn it into a healthy form of granola. 
and they're selling it all over. So it's called, name, say the company name. Granola. So it's granola with a D. Apostrophe D. And, and that's where they sell it. And they've actually been trademarked now. And they are actually making this a legit business. Yeah. So it's just been fun to watch. Name some flavors. Birthday cake. That's the popular mm. one, isn't it? Birthday Chocolate chip cookie dough. Iced lemon cookie. Mm. Nana's sugar cookie. Yeah. Nana's oatmeal raisin cookie. Strawberry shortcake. Peach cobbler. Oh, my goodness. How many are there? <laughs> there a are lot. Six Cosmic days. brownie. Cosmic brownie. Is that like the little Debbie? It yes. is. Oh, my goodness. They actually yeah. call it something different. But well, they call it space brownie, maybe. It's a cosmic brownie. <laughs> it's a cosmic brownie. <laughs> and then they've also taken different Girl Scout cookies, Samoa, and they've made granola. Annabelle has a gluten allergy. She loves sugary cakes and treats. And so this was their way of answering those flavors in a gluten-free form and they're delicious yeah it's fun yeah they are i've had several we used, used them as stocking stuffers this year which was a Yay! big thing everybody <laughs> in my house loves them that's so fun i i love it that all of this creativity that comes from you know the history of your mom and then you and then daisy how do you think mary may is going to be creative oh my goodness i hope she is <laughs> um, she will be <laughs> she will be i really don't have a doubt <laughs> um because whenever you're watching it it just you want to do it mm-hmm. and so, that's exactly what happened with the younger two girls they saw daisy do this art business daisy see design and Annabelle had a little stint as in college um, working in the classroom because she thought she wanted to teach. And she realized very quickly, wait, while I love children and I love this, this is not life-giving to me at all. And so she started thinking, what can I do? What can I do? And she had done creative businesses before. That's the other thing, too. If you're looking to have a creative business one day, your first idea will not be it. You're going to do several things Mm -hmm. before you land on it. Um, And you're going to learn each step. You're going to, you know, the girls have learned photography, a little bit of graphic design. They've learned how to use Lightroom. They've learned how to navigate websites. They've just learned things along the way to be able to build these, what looks to be their Daisy Sue Design, Fernway Home, and granola but there were several before then. Annabelle and Lila May both looked at Daisy and thought, we want that kind of freedom because they want to be stay-at-home moms. Mm-hmm. But they want to contribute. Mm-hmm. And there are ways that you can be a stay-at-home mom and contribute financially. You yeah. can do both. To right. foster the creativity. And Mary May, I've already kind of thought about this a lot, but creating kind of like a game plan of having the materials out for her mm-hmm. early on, not smushing ideas I had a lot of really embarrassing ideas that mom said, yeah, that you should do it. Um, and you kind of have to suck pride down as a parent. <laughs> yes. Like, if my child fails, this is kind of, you know, you kind of feel like it would be on you when it's not. But um, we were talking about this. I mean, you have to, the benefit of just trying a lot is you really learn how to um, not be, not be afraid of putting yourself out there. Yeah. So, I mean, I was... A mess up is a mess up. Yes. So what? You do something new. Yeah. Try. So, that didn't work. So, <laughs> when you get out, older, you've learned how to do that and it's not hard. Mm-hmm. So, when you put your art out there, it's not scary anymore because mm-hmm. you've been doing it since you were five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, having the materials out for her, 
um, just encouraging her to go with the ideas, um, buying the supplies for those ideas, and then making her say for something really big. <laughs> um, but sorry, Mary May, you're not getting a car. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, what's funny is the youngest of our three, Lila May, saw the other two work to get their money together for their car. So I think she started saving when she was like 10. <laughs> she had a way nicer car than us. She bought the nicest well, car of all three. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but just, I think the biggest thing is not shooting down creativity. Mm-hmm. If they want to go paint, mom made the mistake of having paint out for me when I was two. So I painted my feet and ran across the carpet. And yes, I died. did. Blue paint footprints everywhere downstairs. <laughs> Yeah, I I did put the paint away <laughs> for a minute. Yeah, there's watercolor. There's a lot of other options. I plan on using the other options in my house. Right, learning from your mistakes. Thank you. But just yeah, having the supplies out and encouraging creativity and not telling them it might not be a good idea or it might be too messy. This was the other thing that we were talking about yesterday, and I'm just remembering this. So I had a wiser mom tell me. The thing that she always told her children, and that is when they would come to her and say, I'm bored. You just say, boredom comes from within. And you don't understand what that means until you're 20. I never understood it. Like, we would come up to her. I have vivid memories of going in the yard in summer. Mom, we're so bored. Boredom comes from within. Like, what does that mean? (laughs) I've got boredom in me? (laughs) Just walking away. Yeah. (laughs) But you don't answer that question no. for them. But I yeah. can't wait to say it to Mary May. <laughs> and then it might, you might have to hear for an hour, but I'm bored, but I'm so bored. Boredom comes from within. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They eventually figure it <laughs> out. Draw from that well and pull something up. Exactly. That's and I never I even that. explained it to them, which I know left them frustrated, but it was kind of funny for me. And... They would go figure it out. And that's when a lot of creative ideas are born. Mm. When you're bored. Yeah. Sit there in the backyard, bored to tears for a half hour. You're going to come up with something. You're going to build a fort. Mm -hmm. Because we also had a no TV summer every summer. So no TV in the summer. With a fun reward at the end. Right. So... Yeah. I love that idea. There's so many good ideas. This this is like a million good ideas for yes. moms. Just grab onto some and go do it. Yes. So oh. fun. So fun. That's awesome. Was there anything else? Is there anything we left out that you want to add about creativity or making things beautiful at home? Once you start it, if you didn't have, if you didn't get that growing up and you give that to your children, I think you've just created a rolling ball of it happening for generations and generations to come. And they'll be creative in their own ways, which is fun. I never expected a granola business. Yeah. Mm. Ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not really many me's. They're many them's. And you get to I'm about to quote what mom's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Children are books to be read, not to be written. Mm, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Another so much. one of the things that I always told them that they were like, I don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> But now you do. And now, now I do. You do. <laughs> that's, a gr- I think that's a great place to end it then. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for being here today. I think this has been such a fun conversation. That was so I knew fun. It would be. Yeah, it was fun. It's beautiful. So we will have all the, there's a lot of resources this week. Yeah, and so uh, many great places to shop. So check out these resources. Yeah, on our website, just askyourmom.com. Take five seconds to rate and review the podcast if you would, whatever platform you listen to, and share us with your friends. Mm-hmm. And send topics suggestions to us we love to have those to just ask your mom 
podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just, Just Ask, Ask Your Mom. Mom.